I heard the worst radio commercial I've ever heard, like of any advertising ever. And, it, and radio commercials are bad to start with, but this one was just extra oh. horrific because it literally it was just a, a, a ticking sound, like, and it slowly gets faster and faster and faster. So already I'm getting like heart palpitations, like I feel like I'm gonna have a panic attack. And then like this ominous voice that feels like it's right by my ear is like, do you know that feeling? that time is slipping away and getting faster and faster. And I was just like, yes, radio, radio commercial. I know that feeling like just like panicking at the frivolous like nature of my own life. And it, the ticking got faster and faster. And I'm just like almost about to fall down because I'm panicking so much. And then suddenly this like shitty EDM just comes in and just like the new Samsung Galaxy S9 with slow motion video. And it's just like. It, and I, while all this like happy tone is going on like selling me a phone and saying how great it is that I can slow down video I'm just there like oh my god <laughs> I was like that's the closest the commercials ever come to actually harming me like, that was like the new Samsung existential crisis it's kind of weird <laughs> with built in existentialism time is, fleet, time is fleeting and your life and your <laughs> you're gonna time be time is dust. fleeting and your life is short what the fuck are you doing <laughs> Samsung, <laughs> our plastic, our plastic polymers last a thousand years, but you won't. <laughs> anyway, here we are at Sequels and Reboots headquarters. That's what it's called now. I've what, decided. Our two separate bedrooms. Oh, don't! Oh. <laughs> I, uh, this, is, this is classic, yeah. Brody. Just, just giving away the artifice. Yeah, I just, I, t- I tore that curtain away. I'm like the any. Any image of, of, of elegance. I'm like gone. Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. I'm just like, nah, I'm not having any of this shit. Yo, Dorothy doesn't do that. That's Toto. That's I'm all like Toto. To- oh, yeah, that's right. It's Toto. Yeah, that dog cannot abide lies. <laughs> no dogs can. Few people know that. <laughs> can, can you just we, sort it out. You can't lie to a dog. Can we? I, I, I would dearly love to rewrite Wizard of Oz in the, like, Toto. Just. Toto can't stand Toto is like lying cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you bring that up, Brody, rewriting classic films, because I've been thinking over the last week, what is it we do here? Uh here at Sequels and Reboots, Pete. This What yeah, what do we do at Sequels and Reboots yeah, HQ? Po- well we all have little key cards that get us in through reception. Because with that here legit. at this podcast, Pete, this podcast that we do. What are mm-hmm. you asking me what it is we do at this podcast in this podcast? What do we what what do we do <laughs> when we... Pete, we come up with the sequels and reboots that Hollywood has doesn't have the goddamn balls. What? <laughs> every time. <laughs> to, ma- to make. We, uh, we ch- every week, uh, we challenge each other to come up with uh, the sequels or reboots of various, of various movies, any movie we can think of. Lost to time. Um in order to and uh and then we pitch them back to each other we got a good show planned today i'm quite keen on uh, on some of the pitches that we that we that we put to each other last mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. uh what did i tell you to remake from the ground up thank god <laughs> last time uh pete you challenged me to remake the movie casper which uh <sighs> is not uh, subtitled The Friendly Ghost as I keep on making mistakes. Is it no, not? No, no, no. It's just called Casper. It's just called Casper. Yeah. I mean, they know he reminds you enough in that fucking mm. film. It's like, I'm Casper. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. You're just like restarting it all. Like just all these issues, all these gripes I have with Casper, that guy. Okay. So 
given your apparent, given the fact that you kind of hated Casper from the get-go, and then over the course of us watching the movie, your hatred just deepened and further toxified. <laughs> just, no, was legitimized, <laughs> I'd like to say. Right, why did you uh, challenge me with this movie? All right, so Casper's like, it's one of those prime kind of... Um, I want to say evergreen properties, like it's always there. It's ridiculously old. It's really kind of, I want to say non-offensive. It's it doesn't feel like it's tied to any particular time. Um, but the most prolific, well-known movie adaptation of it is just in very. It's intensely nineties. It's inten- It's really nineties with very little effort. It's it's got this weak-ass teen premise, and then remembers to have a plot right at the end. And I was just like, do you know what? We just need, we need a newer iteration of this. We need someone, preferably Adam Brody, to come along and um, and rejuvenate this thing. I, I suppose because that movie really, the only way is up. To be honest, after rewatching that film. Yeah. So it, when you say it is the most '90s movie, the re- way you can tell is because it has a ghost make a joke, which uh, references Marky Mark, the existence of Marky Mark. <laughs> Wait, and then only minutes later reveal that he doesn't know what a vacuum cleaner yeah, yeah. is. <laughs> that was a bit, I mean, if we're talking about inconsistencies, just just the 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 ghost logic and law in general is just all over the place. Like to the degree where I just stopped caring about the entire film. Yeah, like it it's a movie where in order in like in for the service of the moment of the joke in the moment, like the ghost will be either solid or uh, like yeah. How do the ghosts or, work? Or oh. see through and like. There's literally, literally a bit where where Eric Idle has this like MacGuffin in his hand, and he's speaking to the villain who is a ghost at that moment because people flip back and forth between being ghosts and humans like crazy. But he's got like some MacGuffin in his hand. He's like, "Oh, you can't get this off me. You're just a ghost, and I'm a human." Her. Huh? So I'm like, "Okay, so it's better to be corporeal, I suppose." And then two seconds later, she just like uses her weird like ghost powers to throw him out a window, and it's just. Where's the where's the consistency? Who's got the advantage? What is um, what is it to be a ghost? I mean, it's kind of implied that being a ghost means you have superpowers, right? Like, I mean, they can turn invisible. But do you know what? It's weird, like to call back to another episode we've done. It's a bit like the mask. Well, you become like a version of your like a cartoonized version of yourself that has that is like a little bit mad and has kind of domain over physics, can just do whatever they like. Yeah, I, know, I mean, they have, like, a certain set of powers. Like, it's all based around, like, okay, you can shapeshift, you can go through walls, you can turn invisible. Like, it's it, it's that sort of stuff. Like, like it's not right. like they have super strength, though I guess she does, now that you mention it. <sighs> that film. I, 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 like that, about- I like how that movie uh, destroys its villain when Casper and his uh casper and christina ritchie um trick god or like make god remember <laughs> that that she that her soul is in the mortal realm and needs to be conned. Yeah, something like that <laughs> that is it's a cool idea like tricking a ghost into finishing its unfinished business and therefore forcing it to pass on that's an interesting idea, but it like exists for two seconds, and the movie barely really even recognizes that it had that idea. Like, there's lots of stuff like that in Casper. There's lots of like concepts that could be could be explored way more deep, but like the movie has no interest. It introduces a freaking like Lazarus machine halfway through, and it just 
it just uses it for like a couple of one-off bits like it's not even integral to the themes yeah it's just and then freaking christina ritchie's mum just shows up and like makes i realized this the other day christina ritchie's mum shows up and just makes casper corporeal for a minute for a dance and then like allows him to make out with christina ritchie and it's just like oh she had that power all along so like these weird passed on spirits can just do that can they they're basically gods no 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 she can do it because she's like sent by god or something oh i didn't read as well i didn't (laughs) i didn't know this movie's policy on god exactly yeah i mean this this movie has an interesting policy on god let's say oh and death in general like it's just it goes it (laughs) i've never seen a movie like about dead people that made me think about death so i mean the villain's plan is literally to die become a ghost go through a wall and get some treasure go (laughs) through a wall get some treasure and like revivify themselves and you're just kind of like but it's sort of like the lamest treasure possible and then the treasure turns out to be a a baseball or something oh casper it's all because of him like i just can't stand him i realize my problem my gripe with casper he's just the most extra guy where he he look, he seems like he wants a cookie for the tiniest things. Do you know mm. what I mean? So like his deal is I'm friendly. I'm not your average ghost. I'm not out to scare people. And then he expects you to be his best friend because of that. It's like no, Casper, you have to do a little bit more than just be like, hey, I don't mean you immediate malcontent. You know, like I don't I don't mean most people I see in real life like immediate harm. <laughs> but I don't expect them to all fall in love with me, do I, Casper? And he just, like, wants a cookie for just these tiny things. I mean, like, there is a way to uh, represent that in a filmic medium, which um, would be, like, uh, you know, uh, which, like, takes account of the fact that Casper is quite lonely or whatever that, like, explains that. But the movie um, decides to portray Casper in literally the creepiest way possible. His in- Yeah, I mean, you described it well at first, like... He's needy, but it goes way further than that. Oh, yeah. It goes to a point... I mean, his entire thing is, like, asking Christina Ricci in a really, like, soft voice, Can I keep you? Uh, And it's just like, (laughs) fuck me, 90s, worst decade. Ew. (laughs) It's it's off to a bad start right away, because he at once seems too young and old for Mm -hmm. her. Because he's, he's a ghost that died like 100 years ago, but he's also coded to be like 10. So it's just this relationship doesn't seem to have any angle it's, to it. He's got a bunch of weird like Sonic the Hedgehog style, ooh, I'm a bit of a snide uh, quipster kind of thing going about, <laughs> going about. But he's also a kid. And it's just, yeah, oh. it's very difficult to um, like... I mean, it would be difficult for a good film to tread that line, even if it wanted to, but it is not possible for this very bad film to do that. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, I mean, the they, one thing I like is the... I mean, there's like also the ghostly trio, who on the one hand are like fun. They're at least like fun whenever they're on screen. Um, but on yeah. the other hand, are just the source of some of like the most disturbing parts of the film. The best being the scene where um they so there's ghostly trio three evil uh, three like mischievous ghosts called stretch stinko and fatso stinky and fatso Fatso. yeah um and they are tricking uh, a ghost psychologist played by bill pullman whose wife is dead uh, 
in or in order to make him think that they can uh they can get in touch with his wife and also bring her back to visit him and they they make him think that they can do this and then like there's like a light behind the door and a knocking on the door and bill pullman's like walking towards it going like oh oh maybe i might see my maybe i might see my my dear my love and then it's and like then it's just one of them in a dress in a fake ghost dress and yeah. it's like <laughs> that they just materialized and, and it's just like and 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 the movie is like and the movie ends on them coming up and doing like a big bunny rap uh, um bugs bunny kiss on bill pullman and it ends like ah oh, funny joke right and but when it's they're going oh my god that man must be traumatized emotional trauma yeah like i could watch a whole film of that just a just a ghost psychologist who thinks he can really get through to these three ghosts and they just fuck with him the entire <laughs> film until it's like nothing left until he's just like a quivering mess Ooh, well uh if you want a movie which uh where like a bulk of the action is the ghostly trio fucking with people then uh maybe okay. i might have a pitch for you what? What do you know? Uh, uh, here's a question right off the bat. Uh, does anyone make out with a ghost in Absolutely your version? Absolutely fucking not. Oh, okay. I was well, I was interested. I was like, either I want some making, lots of making out or none, yeah. you know? Because that's the one element I, I like. I like the idea of just like, oh, yeah, kissing a ghost at my own Halloween party in the 90s. Fuck yeah. Like, that appeals to me a little bit. But the way the movie handled everything else. We are such different people. What? Oh. <laughs> Man, no, no, no. I, I mean, I can totally see like that angle, but I, I went with the so my angle. All right. So basically, I, I saw what was the colossal fucking mess that is Casper, and I thought, okay, why is this movie a mess? And really, the reason it's a mess is because it's a movie that fails to engage with the fact that like the the premise of casper the friendly ghost is intrinsically very tragic that like yeah casper is a dead kid like there's not really much like focus <laughs> just for for the premise to work you have to start with a dead child yeah like the, the like and it's not just and like casper the movie he's not just like a child who i don't know well i mean there's not really a way for a child to die that isn't sad but like it's like in the saddest <laughs> way dead. possible it's all right it was funny <laughs> but yeah no he dies in like the saddest way possible like he he went out sledding too much after his dad gave him the sled present he'd always dreamed of and then he catches pneumonia and fucking dies of it and it's just like that's the saddest story i've ever heard well i mean to be honest it would have done different things to the tone if christina ritchie was like how did you die and he was like oh someone cut my stomach open and strangled me with my intestines well, like, i don't know like i like... tripped and fell or i just I, <laughs> I tripped I, and I had a bit of a fall. Like I, oh, even just I just got sick, and it doesn't have to be because like I got sick because I played too much with a present my dad bought me. I mean, like that's <laughs> yeah, that, oh, yeah. There is something like manipulative about that, and it's just <laughs> insane in the movie Casper. I keep on calling it the movie Casper because I refuse to just call it Casper. <laughs> <laughs> the movie Casper. Um, it's it's insane in Casper when it just like and like this information is revealed like a third, uh, like a, like a, in the final third Way, of the movie. The, the, and yeah, the movie's so backloaded. And then it's like, um, and then the movie is like, okay, so uh, jokes, jokes. Everyone's still in the mood for jokes, and you're sitting there going, no, no, <laughs> jokes, anyone. So I 
I'm actually going to take. Uh, so I, I've pretty much, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like stitching to. I'm taking like some inspiration from uh, better at animated movies. Um, oh. Some Pixar. It's starting with some Pixar inspiration, and I'm gonna. I want to start Casper. Uh, Casper, new Casper. I'm gonna call it new Casper. Uh, I'm gonna start new Casper with a, um, f- with a, a little bit of an up type opening. Oh, gotta get him with that first ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, so it's gonna be like kind of a montage. Like you see, you, mm-hmm. like we fu- we see Casper, living boy. Oh, so we start with Casper rather than are we are we coming at the movie from his yes. perspective rather than the students? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're starting so we're starting the movie with Casper, living boy. Um, prime living boy yeah, absolute living boy okay yeah so his you know you get introduced to his family it's all in montage or whatever and then you have casper dying and i think uh he dies from illness i don't really want to go with that stupid present thing he just gets sick and dies um oh, it's just general are we, are we how old is he yeah like like, 10, is he, like, 10, um, like he's a kid way, no i'm saying is this way back is this way back in the 1900s yeah, yeah, totally. or so this is like right. early 1900s is what I'm thinking. It's like 1910s, cool. 1920s, something like that. So he gets like polio or something. Yeah, shit. exactly. Um, you know, it's pre-antibiotics. Everyone's dying all the time. Yeah, just some... <laughs> just everyone I, I, died. I mean, he could, like, he could <laughs> die of like Spanish flu. Like, I mean, that was a thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so uh, his his father, Lee... Okay, so but he comes back as a ghost. And, and you sort of see him manifest as a ghost and he's kind of like lost and he doesn't know, know who he is because... Oh my God, this sounds like a challenging way to start point the film. Point one of ghost law, of like solid ghost law, which this movie is also going to have, is, Ooh, is yes. that um, ghosts don't remember who they are after, they've, after they come back. Cool. Um, so his mum, but his mum is like, oh... Casper is you Casper and then his like his mum like kind of reminds him who he is and it like actually um but like you know his dad can't really take it so his dad leaves oh geez. like his mum stays and like just hanging out with her ghost just son hanging out with her ghost son yeah like you know making him meals and things and like playing with him and all of that kind of stuff um but then uh, his mum dies as well. I uh, I was thinking I don't know cancer something like that. Like you know just oh couldn't couldn't you just be like the cruel march of time? I could just... go with cruel march of time, but I didn't feel like you know I I felt like she kind of needed to die uh, sooner maybe I don't know uh, I I don't I didn't know how I felt about like her going until she was just a grandparent and then right. How about she gets bitten by like a bird and it gets infected? <laughs> just something pretty oh. antibiotics. Just you're fucked. Like, <laughs> different ways in which this world is a fantasy world. Number one, ghosts. Number two, birds of teeth. <laughs> Birds bite you now. <laughs> Pigeons are real dangerous. Hey, it's a scary world. Out um, there. Yeah, something like that. But effectively, like his mum dies. Um, the house is kind of left and condemned. No one wants to buy it. It's a stupid ghost boy in there and and like (laughs) (laughs) i want to see that sign (laughs) condemned stupid ghost boy inside oh here's a question um so in in the in the original casper they have this weird ghost logic where the ghost can just leave the house and go anywhere they could like casper literally gets thrown to the moon oh but very briefly and we don't for very briefly, but they appear, he appears in the school and like in town and stuff. So like theoretically, Casper can just go anywhere he wants. 
Um, are you reversing that? Are these the kind of ghosts that are bound to one location? Oh, yes. Okay, well, here's the thing. So, uh, it's it's a little bit like that. So, I was, I was going to establish this in a bit, but... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about the scene that establishes that, that law, shall I? Okay, so mm-hmm. basically... Um, his, so anyway, his mum dies. Uh, she manifests as a spirit, and she tries to take him with, take her with him into the beyond, um, which is what everyone's going to call like heaven or whatever, like the the world beyond, right. whatever. Into the beyond. It's not an offender. And <laughs> this this film's not playing in China, so don't worry. <laughs> and uh, but he's too scared. Like he sees this bright light. Like he finds it frightening, or whatever, and stays behind. And she just sort of like is engulfed by light holding out her hand to him and and is gone and then like casper is just there all alone and like we pull out and we see the house and the house just and then we sort of like speed up in time and oh my god this is, is this all the first 10 yeah, minutes yeah this yeah, is yeah. Like, this is all like this is a lot 10 minutes. like yeah Intense. yeah basically the whole point is like audience hopefully crying then yeah. we switch then we like cut to the ghostly trio stretch oh, fatso what? and stinky oh, um, yeah i mean they are they are like the part of the brand you got to bring them back. i mean you, you actually don't have to they're not interesting enough they're not a core part of the brand but so i toyed with not having them in the movie but they're very useful uh, in this case um as i will explain but anyway so uh, they are flying about this. They are flying about this town. They've flown to this town because they're looking for a house to haunt. Because, as we reveal, uh, ghosts uh, ghosts can move about, but in order to stay in bound to the world, they need to bind themselves to a place. Right. They need like grounding. Yeah. And as we find out from these three, they have been um, booted from their previous place. Their previous locus is what I'm going to call call it and they've been um and they're searching for a new place and that they're starting to fade uh but they but they get out and they but but like um they find casper's abandoned house they really like it it's very spooky and um and so they occupy it um these ghosts by the way have like a real grudge against humans they call them like fleshies bone bags all that kind of thing they (laughs) <laughs> I really like the um, like the concrete rules you're establishing. Yeah, here. and they have a grudge against humans because humans keep um, kicking them out of busting yeah, well, them. No, uh, yeah, like destroying their places of ab- uh, destroying their abodes. Because here's another thing: humans humans <gasps> know ghosts exist. I'm just oh I'm okay. Just straight, I'm just straight up going with this. Like humans know ghosts exist, and uh, there's like a and like the ghosty trio are basically like pests. Um, I mean, to be fair, like ghosts, the ghosts and Casper are really in your face. They're not the kind of like mysterious ethereal specters where like some people know about them. It's like they're right there up in your face. So, yeah, that makes sense. So people just know ghosts. uh, People know ghosts exist. Um, So they establish their um, they establish their relationship with Casper, which is really bad. Like basically the ghosts just kind of like pull rank as like we're older. It's like um, that scene in Matilda where he goes like, I'm big, you're small. I'm strong, you're weak. All that kind of, it's that kind of thing. Except right. that Casper buys it because Casper's kind of a drip. Um, I mean, that's an interesting thing to bring up because Casper's essentially eternal because he's a ghost, but he's stuck as a child. So he's always going to be talked down to in that yeah. position. And he's never going to grow beyond that. That's yeah. cool. Um, or well, I mean, he could potentially grow as a person, but like he's 
you know, he's a lost little boy. Um, so, and like <laughs> these three older ghosts just kind of, and they don't really give a shit. So they kind of like come in and just like, hey, right. Uh, well, Stretch is like, hey, I'm Stretch. Hey, they're all just the fans. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, the ghostly trio then get up to some hijinks in the neighborhood because um, they're poltergeists and they like start wrecking shit and like. Are we talking about kind of classic New England, Maine sort yeah. of looking places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this yeah. Is, so it's like a, imagine like a large town kind of thing. <laughs> I can All do right. that. Imagine a large town. <laughs> <laughs> cool. These like, these concepts of, of like being stuck in the mortal coil and going beyond. That's all fine. But a large town struggling to to reconcile this this concept all right, all right they're like knocking cereal off the general store they're like frightening dogs oh my god oh man they're causing such hijinks uh, it's like some proper mr bean style slapstick there's just it's just great i'm watching that's not how mr bean works he doesn't go around <laughs> playing pranks on people i'm watching i'm chortling well it's called it's like the world is putting pranks on mr bean <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bean uh, in Mr. Bean the prankster is God um, Mr. Bean has a cameo in this film <laughs> is what you're saying Mr. well I mean a Ghostbuster has a cameo in Casper movie oh movie. god yeah he does <laughs> why not um, and like oh man these ghosts are causing a real problem real so ruckus the, so the town mayor uh so Tam Mayer decides, oh man, uh, like they find, he finds out, he's like, oh man, what's going on? And he realizes that what they need to do <laughs> is knock down the house because, like, no! Because they know, right? They know that, like, abandoned oh, houses, like, attract ghosts. The stupid ghosts? Yeah, they need to, they need to knock down the house, which is Casper's house. So, um, but the mayor, the mayor has a kid. Um, the mayor's, okay. like, a single dad. Um, and he's got a kid called Cody. Who are we talking? Who are we talking in terms of cast here? Because it's the first fleshy, Ooh, fleshy actor we're putting in the film. Mayor. Who, who could make a who good mayor? Make a good mayor. Um, ooh, I need someone who like can get angry. Maybe like, but who, who can, but, like sort sort of the guy who like an actor who kind of like can seem like a hard ass, but then at the end can go back to being a nice guy, and that's believable. Michael Shannon. I want to see Michael Shannon get fucked with by ghosts. <laughs> uh, no, no. Michael Michael Shannon is Michael Shannon cannot be a good guy. <laughs> He'd be a good ghost. Michael Shannon would be a terrifying ghost. <laughs> if you wanted to bring the devil into this cosmology then maybe that but like no not michael Shannon. um yeah i don't know like some white guy like there's i I'm, i've got like some like white character actor in my head at the moment just put like random white character we're, we're, par- we're paralleling real casting decisions right <laughs> here who should be this some white guy <laughs> we're, we're, we're up there with the big some, players like, now white character actor I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, vaguely old and gentlemanly. Anyway. And their kid's played by some kid. Yeah, their kid is played by uh, some kid. Some... Oh, that fucking kid from, from Book of Henry. He's in everything some, now. Some, like, some kid who looks well geeky is kind of the point. Right. Like, that's not hard so like find. this kid is gonna he's gonna have like stu- he's gonna have like big glasses he's gonna look like a real like a real. Geek. Oh, get one of them Stranger Things boys yeah, in there. Maybe. So everyone one wants of, one of them stranger kids and uh yeah so he 
he gets picked. He's kind of. I think you see. Maybe you see his introduction, and you kind of see that he's kind of like lonely as well. Like he's sitting outside the school, waiting for his dad to come pick him up, and. He's like a right little Casper. Yeah, everyone else is saying goodbye to their friends, but he doesn't have any friends because he's like such a little twerp and um, and just just haphazardly ragging on all these characters. He just just sucks. Oh god, all these fucking little boys. (laughs) Um, uh, And yeah, okay. So his and uh, the mayor comes and picks him up, um, and then but he's real busy, so he says, "Okay, Cody, I've got to go to work." You can just sit in the car and then I'll take you home. So they go to the house. He goes in with a surveyor. They're like figuring, they're going to like sneaking in to figure out, okay, like, can we knock this down? Can we like, you know, figure out what a load bearing, which bits are load bearing walls, how easy it is to knock it out, all that kind of stuff. I assume you have to go inside a building if you want to knock it down. <laughs> yeah, you do. You can't just start. Yeah. You can't just. You can't, you can't just go, ah, I don't know. Just knock it down. I don't know. Know. Get a wrecking yeah. ball. Step two, knock it down. <laughs> Yeah, I assume you have to do that. So, um, they go in, but ghostly trio trio arrive and they're like, "You're trying to knock down our house," and they start, you know, doing poltergeist shit, like throwing stuff at them and going, "Woo!" Right, pulling their pants yeah, down. Yeah, all of that, making Marky Mark jokes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, no, no Marky Mark jokes. <laughs> There's no Marky Mark in this film. Maybe the mayor's played by Marky Mark. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg might. Be a good man. He wouldn't be bad. He, he could be all oh, right. Yeah, now. he's he's a he's, he's Bostonian, right? Like he 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 he'd be earnest, mm-hmm. if anything. Do you know what I mean? You you you. I would buy it that Marky Mark actually thought. Why am I calling him that? That Mark Wahlberg actually thought there was a ghost. There. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would deliver the hell out of the good good ghost how, line. How I mean I know this is a this is a tangent, but like, do you think that Mark Wahlberg genuinely believes in ghosts? Because I would one hundred percent. He definitely believes. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg definitely he, like, believes he, in ghosts. He, he believes in ghosts so hard that he doesn't even bring it up. He just he assumes everyone does. <laughs> you know, it's never even been a conversation for him. It's not even a debate. Do you think he brings it up on film sets and he's just <laughs> he's just like yeah, so like yeah, it goes through walls just like uh you know just like ghosts. And other, just like ghosts and, and other cast members are like, what do you mean like ghosts? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like ghosts, like ghosts do. Have I told you about the time I was talking to my mum about, about sub, like Mark. subatomic particles? <laughs> no, we're talking about something about subatomic particles. I have no idea why. But we're talking about like the parts of the weight in protons or something that gives things mass. That means object can't, objects can't go through each other. And then my mum was immediately just like, oh, so if anything didn't have that, that explains ghosts. And I was like... <laughs> Sure, oh, man. You're must be talking to Marky Mark. <laughs> just the most diplomatic person. Just wants to please the people who believe in Aww. ghosts. All right. So, do they get scared off by these? They ghosts? get scared out, but in the process, the mayor leaves behind his son. Ooh. <laughs> what? Wait, hang on. He just he just runs away. And leaves yeah, because his kid, his kid, his kid, uh, he, his kid is sort of sneaks into the house behind his dad. Oh, right, like, right. The kid, like Cody, that's his name. Like he runs deeper into the house and then he ends up in Casper's room and he and Casper meet and he's like scared at cool. first but like they you know they I think basically they're both super nerds like Casper has some pretty dope trains so they just kind of um they just they just you know they play with their train sets together and they kind of like form a friendship <laughs> Bond. I always thought that's a bit of a point of a contention. Like kids from now would not bond from kids from with a from a hundred years ago with their toys. Wise, you know, I, like look at these games I got on my phone. Yeah, well, look at my 
my hoop. I, mean, I, I think, like, there's enough... I feel like kids are weird enough that sometimes they will just get super into... Like, I don't feel like kids have got, like, a real... Um, uh, uh, standardized set of things they are into. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, they also don't develop fully a concept of the time in which they stand. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you gave me a bunch of wooden toys, I'd be like, "What? What? What are you trying to insult me or something?" Yeah. But like, kids sometimes wouldn't question that. Yeah, I, I think I think kids just find fun wherever they find it. So like, yeah, Cody likes trains. Uh, like train sets and shit. So his, of course he does. <laughs> so they kind of bond and they're they're playing with trains together and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and eventually, like Cody realize like they they while away hours and then Cody realizes that like he should be getting home and then he turns up late at the house. Like his dad is super worried. Um, like Cody tells him about the friendly ghost he encountered in the. Uh, in the house but like his dad doesn't believe him and says ugh no all ghosts are terrible <gasps> no such thing yeah. um, and the ghosts are nothing but a nuisance and then only good ghosts is a dead ghost uh, yes and and then and then <laughs> there's a and then there's like this sort of uh, you know middle part where like on the one hand like the the um, the mayor is like trying harder and harder to get like to to knock down the ghostly three's house and the ghostly trio is is doing their stuff to try and interrupt them um but on but then we're also cross-cutting that with cody and casper hanging out and like having fun with each other and all that kind of thing are you talking about montage are we talking montage i don't know i've already had like one montage (laughs) we could have a nice little montage with some like insufferable band like owl city or something playing over the top some like tie-in song about ghosts i feel like eisenstein we do this was not what eisenstein intended (laughs) this is not what eisenstein in mind he's he's like standing there going i did not envision this (laughs) is casper this casper Casper friendly ghost I'm apologies right, to all on. Russian listeners. <laughs> um and yeah, okay, and so he uh uh yeah, so like yeah, that that kind of like intercutting and basically we're just kinda of like we're 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 cementing Cody and Casper's friendship. And but eventually like they're like, Okay, we need to stop this conflict because it's just you know, the mayor is getting too close and all this kind of thing. Yeah. We're gonna tear down so that they building. figure out, okay, what do we need to do to, and uh, uh, what 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 should we do to like stop this? And Cody asks, well, like Casper, why are you a friendly ghost and not and not like the ghosty trio? And Casper's like, well, I don't know, maybe it's because I remember who I am. <gasps> oh. Um. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I I'm a human, but but my uncle but the my uncles just think that they're ghosts like they don't they don't even they can't like distance themselves from humans right i thought you can be like well when i was alive i wasn't a prick <laughs> like they were and 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 if they say and like they say and and Cody's like yeah and if the and if my dad knew who they used to be maybe he would feel more sympathetic towards them and like that kind of thing so they like decide to to go in to go to the library they decide to like go to the library and like look up who the ghostly trio used to be using you know obituary records and things i find it interesting you're including them so much yeah i mean because they're not to put too fine upon it they're the fun they're the only fun things about casper 
Like, <laughs> so Casper's sure is yeah, Ka- Casper's really boring, but but you've got a you've got a trio of 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 prankster ghosts. One of whom has a Brooklyn accent. One of whom is fat and eats a bunch of stuff. And one of whom is basically a a, a floating fart. And uh, and like <laughs> you know, that's a, the three integral elements of of entertainment. Yeah, there. pretty much. And and yeah, so like. I think that that's good. So, like, most of the fun part of the movie, fun, funny part of the movie, is going to be them playing pranks on people and, like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, t- Maki tying, Maki. tying Marky Mark's shoelaces together. Oh, that's, we, we've nailed that casting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, so, so anyway, um, but, so the ghost, the ghostly trio, like, d- pulls off a really big... Oh man, they they like tie they like tie everyone in town shoes together or something like that. <laughs> yeah, all of all of the town falls over. It's like, <laughs> I would love oh, to see that. It sucks. Um, so they've taken it too far. That's like terrorism at yeah, that stage. Yeah, so the mayor is like, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna get rid of these ghosts. I'm calling in the Eradicator. Oh no! All right, who's the Eradicator, Brody? Yeah, yeah, the Eradicator, who is who's like a ghost destroyer. He's not, he doesn't like capture ghosts or like dis- destroy the demosars. He like destroys ghosts. All right, now can we cast Michael Shannon? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, though I was thinking of like a more wrestler type thing, like a, Whoa, like a really? Dave Batista <laughs> or, or... <laughs> yeah, like somebody who looks like a somebody who looks like a wrestler, like that kind of like puffy muscle build, maybe with like long hair, something right. like that. I just don't know why. You, why have you got to be muscly to fight ghosts? You don't really have to but, be strong. Because it's a because it's still kind of like an uh, like a young adult film. Hey, we could actually literally cast the Undertaker. That was so, like... yeah. It's like this big muscly guy with a mask and all that, and like black leather and like that kind of thing. Like he's just like he's got. He's, <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's, just, he's supposed to look just super over the top menacing, like all of that kind of stuff. Right. So he turns up, and like the trio are fucking terrified because. <laughs> they're like they've heard other like no ghost has gone up against the eradicator and survived and all that kind of stuff so um so they start thinking oh let's why don't we just uh maybe we have to run away maybe we have to run away but casper casper steps in and and it's like no this is my house i'm gonna stay i don't care what you do i'm gonna stay and defend my house this is my it's my mum's house this is my this place is, uh, you know, it has all my memories of her. I'm not leaving. I'm not going away. And the ghostly trio are kind of like, they're inspired by his courage. Stretch says something. It's like, you're all right, kid. Wait, no, no, that's not it. Whoa, that's, whoa. That's not right. Where are you going with that uh, one? <laughs> it's like, hey, what you doing? Stretch is like, hey, kid. That's uh, he doesn't sound like he's like Casper. Casper. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Fucking Casper. Casper. <laughs> that was that's Sergi Eisenstein again. We're so English. <laughs> oh, <Right>. Casper. <laughs> Casper. Casper. He's friendly, <laughs> Fucking hell. All right, anyway, move it. Move it. Moving okay. on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they say, st- Casper, that's, uh, that's a good idea, that is. <laughs> so <laughs> terrible, I should stop. Um, and then finally, you, final scene, you've got this showdown. It's in the, the main hall. Like, the Eradicator marches in. He's like, go show yourselves. Like, the ghostly trio manifest out of the air. And they're like, 
and Casper's there too. <laughs> yes. Casper has a really creepy. boring opening. He just like turns up. He's like, I- I'm Casper. Oh, oh just so uh, oh, Everyone's like, weak. everyone's like, ugh, boring. And then... Ugh, this guy. Uh, and they face off and it looks like they're about to fight. But then, boo! There's a, there's a projector flashes on. Um, oh. And you see on the projector that it's like the faces of the ghostly trio and you've got um and you got like the names and then you go like and 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 there's a tr- and the mo- and the mayor's is like standing there and going oh what who are these and and it go- and you get a f- you get stretch comes up it's like stretch and you've got the picture this picture of a ghost and then it f- was that his name or were they with these like gangster and nicknames? then and then it and then it change and then it changes and like his name is i don't know like uh lucio bonelli <laughs> and, and it kind of just like lists who you like born blah 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 died blah 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 occupation was a something something and like then it goes like Fatso, and then Fatso's name was, and like they all have like different occupations. Like I feel like Stretch like was like a like a low level hoodlum or something like that. Yeah, it sounds um, it. Or maybe I don't know. Like I could just be super. That could be like super typecasting stereotyping. I remember. I imagine. I imagine Fatso would be like a jazz guy or something. Really? I I was gonna kind of go like Fatso was like a cook or something. Like he just. Oh, all right. <laughs> Honestly, but like a cook or like a baker or something like that, like you know, like a genuinely like someone who really loved making food in his life. And then I think I felt I was going, I was going to make stinky a sewage worker. <laughs> yeah, oh and they're all just, but like yeah, and they, and they all have, and the ghostly trio are just kind of like staring at this because they're um, Polacks because they're because this is bringing back their memories and they're just like they're remembering who they were. It's like. It's yeah, like, I rem- and one of them like, I remember now, and <laughs> why do I keep trying? And um, and the mayor, the mayor is also kind of transfixed because oh, shit! Like it's all these people. Um, <laughs> Can we please drop the the one shit we're allowed in this PG thirteen film? Mark, Mark, <laughs> just Marky Mark. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't know. Like Marky Mark could deliver that line. I think that would work. Of course he could. So. And and the the eradicator the eradicator doesn't care. He's like, oh, I'm gonna kill these ghosts. But the the, the mayor <laughs> the mayor himself he goes, they're ghosts. The mayor himself stops him. He's like, no, wait, we can't, we can't do it. Um. And 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 uh, and then finally, it's like Casper, and then Casper turns up, and then Casper comes to the fore, and then you sort of see his thing happening i also I, I sort of toyed with the idea that one of the ghostly tro is related to the mayor or something like that but i don't know i i don't know right. like that idea. or it's like an ancestor yeah, or something maybe. the mayor is like oh fuck you're you're basically the mayor is like oh you're you're human you used to be human i i sort of see your humanity and the ghostly trio because they remember who they are they they sort of they 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 don't want to they can't be as sort of mean to humans as they have been being, you know. They, yeah. They, um, so they they're kind of poleaxed by this. So the it, I think it's sort of along the lines of the mayor decides, okay, I can't I can't eradicate them. They they're people. They're not things. They're people. They're not like nuisances. They're people. They're lost people. Um, <gasps> and Ka- and Casper like Casper has a little thing about that. And and then also his son comes up and says like you can't. 
you, I don't, please don't like send away my friend, my friend Casper, and all of this stuff mounts up, and the mayor's like, okay, okay, I won't. But if they're gonna stay, the ghostly trio has to promise to. You have to have to promise to stop being such a nuisance in the ghostly trio. Oh, we're getting like politics now. We've got like ghost and, rights, conditional. And the ghost and the ghostly trio uh, agrees. It's like, yeah, Mayor, we promise we will not do <laughs> bad things no more. That that, that, or that wasn't and, too bad. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, and then it all just sort of ends with uh, them all living happily ever after. You maybe maybe you see like the ghostly trio. Um. Yeah, they're pulling a few... They're still kind of pulling pranks, but they're the kind of pranks that everyone can just sort of laugh along with. They go, ha, oh, ha, ha, ha. Um, and and <laughs> then there's Cody and Casper just kind of uh, playing with train sets and having a good time. And sort of movie ends and like every... And then we see Cody grow and old. Ca- and, and... Casper, and Casper's not alone anymore. And that's the end. What happens to the Eradicator? I feel like he should get some sort of comeuppance, like being thrown into the sky nah, or something. he just leaves. He just gets fired. He just leaves? Yeah, he just gets fired. I feel like he should become a ghost. That would be an ironic no, punishment No, because he, he's, he's not really... He's kind of just there as like a, oh, things are getting really serious now. <laughs> I'll take my business elsewhere. Pretty much. I think he's just like, oh, well, I'm like, I don't do refunds <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Um, I genuinely enjoy that. I would definitely watch that oh, film. Thanks. It's a, you've you've had like an easy time like Im- improving Casper because like it, it, it's both an easy task and a difficult one to like make that film better because it's really bad to begin with, but also just like ameliorating the whole concept of Casper. Um, you did a good job. Uh, I've got an entirely different task oh, ahead yeah. of me because you told me to make a sequel to The Nice Guys. Shane Black's The Nice yeah. Guy. The Nice Guys. Look, yeah, so much for g- giving you someone to, to live up to, you know, one of the most, <laughs> like, <laughs> idiosyncratic, talented writers in Hollywood. <laughs> make a sequel to that, Pete. Um, I was thinking, what, what, was your, what were your immediate means for giving me a sequel to that? Well, I, I think The Nice Guys is a very odd movie um we've chatted a bit about it over the past few days but really i think Mm. where we came what we came down to was the nice guys is one of the few movies you see where it actually works better in kind of like the television the television space um yeah it feels like the first like sort of like the first feature length episode of a tv show that's never been made it really kind of does, and and that's kind of what what lends itself to that that sequelization element. Like you just you just want to you almost feel a bit cheated at the end. It's like, yeah, and then what did they do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, where's episode two? Yeah, because these because the characters are like, what's it? So what are they named? It's like Marsh something. Um, he Healy and he- Marsh. Healy and Marsh. March. Is it March or Marsh? Yeah, Ho- Holland, Holland March. March. Yeah, that's Ryan okay. Gosling's character. Uh, Healy and March. I'm probably going to call them Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, and you really just want to see Healy and March, um, like, hang out together. Because mm-hmm. that is the joy of this movie, is seeing these two incredibly well-realized characters just sort of bumbling their way through this uh, uh, yeah. murder investigation. 
And it, but it's not, it's also like it's not it's not uh, appealing on a on a sequel level because there's some grander story going on. I don't want I don't necessarily want to see where these characters go. You know, I don't I don't want to see who these people become. You know, they're just applicable characters who I want to see in lots of different situations. Absolutely. You know, I would want to see because I feel like I that film's so well realized right away that I just I I just feel like I know the characters almost immediately. And I just want to see them go on and just be like put in different situations. Even Ryan Gosling's daughter, like like just her being around as well. They're almost it's almost a trio in a strange way. Uh, so in the sense that I just want them in different situations, and that's what lends the appeal of a sequel to it for me. Yes, I, I... And, and 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 talking of 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 the nice guys and being able to indeed the characters immediately. Bloody Janet is just uh, a testament to that. So there's this character called Janet, who's just the dorky friend of Ryan Gosling's daughter. And then she's like got so little screen time. But I just feel like I get that character immediately. Like there's a scene where they're at the bowling alley and Ryan Gosling's like, all right, all right, Jesus Christ. And she's like, you took the Lord's name in vain. No, I didn't, Janet. I found it very useful, actually, Janet. <laughs> and just that, like, slightly disproportionate annoyance towards this random character just makes this person feel so much more real. And she literally all she does after that is just throw a bowling ball backwards and be like, oh, oh, no. And then you, <laughs> and then you find out that Holly, Ryan Gosling's daughter, wants to employ Russell Crowe to beat her up. <laughs> because, yeah, just. But- just her immediate quote when she meets him, she's like, oh, you beat people up for money? And you think she's horrified for a second. She just follows up with, will you beat up my friend Janet? <laughs> like, refers to her as my friend Janet, but just, like, wants her beaten up by this grown man. <laughs> it's such great detail. And then, like, when I was finished with the film, I immediately just went on YouTube and just put in, like, <laughs> the nice guys, Janet. And there were all these, like, autofill, like, autocomplete things, other searches, like, Janet scene, Janet, Janet. And then, like, there's nothing on YouTube. I was like, God damn it, YouTube, give the people what they want. They want Janet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the nice guys, too, is all about Janet, is what I'm saying. Wait, really? Um, <laughs> no, it's not. I, not I was, I mind. was like, remo- I was like momentarily delighted by that song. <laughs> well, no, I, I did think I would love just a, a, a spin-off that was just about Holly and her friends, like a weird kind of Nancy Drew, pre-te, early teenage girls solving crimes and stuff. Because it's her, her character's really strange. Like seeing, it's a little jarring at first because I don't know what what age she's supposed to be. I think she's supposed to be like twelve, maybe thirteen, and. She's constantly shown in these adult situations that is just like a little bit horrifying to see a child in. Like she's exposed to loads of stuff that is just awful for a child. And like they go to like a porn party or something and she's just hanging out with these people. And like, um, and then, you know, she's being held at gunpoint. And to be honest, Ryan Gosling's a pretty bad father in a way. Like the amount of like immediate danger he just blatantly puts her in. But then by the end of the movie, you're just like, well, you know, she's one of the crew. She's just one of the characters. So... Um, I'm I'm not addressing that in the sequel. Mm-hmm. I I actually um, I, I think okay. So like Shane Black is a writer is as a writer is very interesting because he has just things he will put in literally every one of his scripts. Um, and mm-hmm. and Holly is an interesting variant of his uh, child is the moral center of the universe thing, mm. which is like every single Shane Black film as far as I remember. Not sure right. if it's true of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, actually, but like Iron Man 3, 
uh, last action hero and nice guys. The whole point is like right. the moral center of this universe as a child. And I mean, the mm-hmm. best summation of Shane Black as sort of an artist, as Shane Black's artistic, um, uh, like uh, ideology, I guess, um, is that he mm-hmm. thinks all adults are terrible and all children are brilliant. It's sort <laughs> of like this this interesting thing, and like it's quite sweet in a way. Yeah, except that what's interesting about Holly is that she is at once very adult. Because I mean, yeah, you say she goes into a porn party and it is a bit. Ew, but she also is like, oh yeah, no porn stars, whatever. Like she's not. She deals with it real, real yeah. quick. Like she's very mature, uh, but I don't feel like it's just uh, basically an adult character being played by a child actor. No, you know? because she has a very childlike morality. Like she, she begs, yeah. she asks Healy not to. She, she, me- she is immediately worried about this uh, assassin dying, and she, re- and she. Yeah, which I found a bit weird. I don't like i think that, that makes a lot of sense if like it, it i think a it makes a lot of sense if you know how shane black thinks about kids but also it makes mm-hmm. a lot of, i think it makes a lot of sense like as this character who she's just like yeah she ha- she she's not taught she's not tainted or tarnished like a human being dying is a tragedy to her it doesn't matter who mm. that human being is and i think that makes a lot of sense i think it's just it's a little like i i could definitely see it much more if um if it was centered around ryan gosling's character like does ryan gosling kill anyone in that film like he does a bunch of shooting and <laughs> he stuff he probably kills someone accidentally but... like one of the brilliant things about nice guys is like um i he like falls off the roof with Keith David and isn't the one who hits yeah. the ground so <laughs> in a sense but uh, it's more like like my favorite part of nice guys is the very first fight that they that uh the two, two you know uh keith uh keith david and and his associate have um with with uh russell crowe and they shoot they miss but the shot hits a woman in the apartment if opposite the, oh there's so many parts of that film yeah. where like people fire and miss and just hit someone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like they they shoot someone in another apartment there's that weird like at the porn party there's that weird tree monster walking around (laughs) and like he gets caught in gunfire randomly like it's a really interesting I've noticed that um, Total Recall did that a little bit like just this like kind of sinister reminder of just like even though all these characters are missing each other all these named characters just bystanders are getting hit randomly and you've got to deal with that as the film goes yeah it's a really good way of reinforcing that like hey violence has consequences even I do also like the bit where Holly gets like is stuck in a car while it's driving away and then Ryan Gosling like does this heroic run to get to it and manages to push like literally every person in his way into a pool <laughs> just like almost as if he's trying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. god he's so good in uh, that film it is one of Ryan Gosling's best performances it really yeah. is yeah uh, so nice guys too I was trying to think yeah, of get down uh, to it. where I could well, where I could go with it and what uh, and what what the what what the nice guys is at its core plot wise, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like it's you you realize over over the film that it's about these two these two PIs like kind of low level detectives going after cases that end up being a lot bigger than them, you know, and facing off against institutions and entities that are bigger and and scarier, but they are like somehow succeeding against. So you know that's kind of the point. Like they they solve the crime completely, and they, but they just do not mm-hmm. win in the nice guys um and it's funny how like in the in the, in the naive optimistic time of summer 2016 that was like oh no not like these villains got exposed doing something horrible and nothing bad happened to them that's terror and you're just like yeah 
now you're like, yeah, that's all. That's old news. So I wanted to kind of like double down on that and like have a little bit more uh, of that going on. So for me, the film opens again with the same kid from Iron Man three witnessing a death. <laughs> like I, w- I want that to be like a, a, a recurring thing. I want every case to start with this child discovering someone dying. Um, like in a similar way. So like in the first one, this <laughs> he like sneaks a look at his dad's porn mag and then sees that exact like that exact porn actress like die in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this one, I want him watching like late night TV, like an old, um, maybe like a like a like a violent movie, like a like a Death Wish sort of thing. No, no, no. Hang on. I I, I want like an old TV show about like some bullshit about like a helicopter that goes underwater or some some stupid premise yeah. like that. And it's got like a really cool leading actor who does like spins with his gun and stuff like that. Just tacky tacky old shit. Um, and then he just sees that exact actor just washed up walking out out like in his garden just like wandering in a fugue state and like he says something to the kid and just collapses and dies and that's your that's your cold open um is is his house repaired and is like the wall a different color (laughs) yeah i want well i want like it's in a weird state of disrepair like attempting to put it back together this kid's never gonna get. Does a name. the kid like look to the character, look to the camera, and go again? <laughs> well, like, but he doesn't. He, it's not that the guy marches through the wall like the like <laughs> the Kool-Aid man. Just at a, at a slow pace, just walks through it, crumble. Mm. I mean, that is how American houses are built. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, America is a first world country. Like there are, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure they, their walls are okay. <laughs> Uh, a lot, there's a lot of bullshit over there. So, uh, and then we see um, March and Healy actually, um, you know, making a start on their PI business, getting it off the ground. They're 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 pursuing that case that they mentioned at the begin at the end of the first film uh, of an old woman who suspects her like eighty year old husband of having an affair with Linda mm-hmm. Carter. Um, and I wanted to be a little gag that uh, she's actually right. He is having an affair with Linda Carter, <laughs> the star of Wonder Woman, and uh, and they they solve that. Uh, but then they get approached by someone who they recognize who is a well-known child star who's grown up. So I'm thinking there was this big show uh, that was really popular. In, in, so this is what, 1979, very late 70s we're talking? So it was this big show and it was basically like a proto Sweet Life of Zack and Cody about two twins. You know, just <laughs> that like well-known, real that tacky well-known kind of TV in the masterpiece, the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Everyone knows what Sweet Life of Zack and Cody is. Well, what name another show that's about some twins? I'll, I'll uh, wait. The, anything involving the Olsen twins. Oh shit, yeah. All right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this this thing in the 60s really popular, two twins and they became like big stars. Cool. Uh but then they diverged. So their names are Ricky and Ray. Uh, and the thing is that Ray went on to like keep his stardom. He like evolved nicely into an adult star and kept his career going. While Ricky, you know, he it kind of dwindled. He didn't. It it didn't like work for him in adulthood. And like people know him roughly as that guy who was like, "Oh, where's your brother? Where's your successful brother?" and all that. Um, so Ricky comes to them and says that my brother's missing. Um, and even though Ray was this like prolific guy who had like he had lots of things to to say about in the social and professional spheres you know uh, and he was really popular in certain causes like environmental and social causes and he was even pally with certain politicians you know Ooh. like he was one of these kind of like proto celebrity activists uh that was that was getting big um and he was like pally with people who are running for governor 
Uh, and I'm thinking there's going to be this guy running for governor who's maybe played by like someone frumpy, like Richard Jenkins, a little bit, like just just old, someone who passes for like a balding Republican, just like, ugh. <laughs> so what do you think it looks like? It looks like Jim Broadbent for some reason. <laughs> oh um, yeah, that was that point where I thought. And he's gonna he's he's gonna be like he's gonna be like stating outright that this kind of like. You're, you know, you're you're an actor. Get back to acting. Why are you uh, Why are you getting up in these political spaces? This is silly. I'm, I want to style Ray, this guy who's like, he's going to be a bit like Owen Wilson in Zoolander. Just this like open-minded, try everything, real like modern guy. A little bit, a little bit hippie, but also a little bit kind of just pop star, um, popular guy. A little bit like post Beatles sort of okay. guy. Um, but he's gone missing. And uh, and Ricky, uh, his brother, is trying to hire these two, hire the nice guys to to, to look for him. Uh, I want me another one of those party scenes because the party scene in the first film is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're gonna like start there. It's this like high rolling party and things. And talking is to it like a other party. <sighs> Could be some like bloody fundraiser thing. I I'm mean, not, sure. not not to um, not to put too far upon it. That would be your. <laughs> writer's signature if you were in hollywood you'd be like can there be gambling <laughs> what, in this movie lo- lots of gambling <laughs> but but i want i want like um i want lots of actors there and and through investigating they 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 find out that this thing called the ode and it's a fantastic new program that's supposed to unlock an actor's potential like if you're a struggling actor Ooh. or if you're like kind of like over the hill or either not being able to get into the business you go to this place and you go to these meetings and then like you know people they put you in connection it just all sounds a little bit shady um but when they track down a meeting they get like thrown out immediately because they're just some some pis they're clearly not like sexy actors trying to trying to break into the the acting world i feel so. like this offers some really nice opportunity for like ryan gosling to pretend to be an actor and be really bad at it are you gonna are you gonna say this are you all right well i'm interested where this is going now so they get thrown out but they manage to uh track one of the members of this thing uh like to the outskirts of la and they find this large plot of privately owned land that's got like a condo on it and they do like all this you know stealthy sneaking like recon seeing what's going on in this place and inside they discover something resembling like a commune. So we're talking like late seventies. This is like a little, a little bit after the whole Manson thing. So it's got vibes of this, like it's still a bit scary, this element. So it's like pre-Scientology, post-Manson. So it's got this like a little bit cultish a- aspect to it. Um, but they find like lots of like people they recognize, like actors past their prime, and some bit, and like just lots of good-looking people who are like kind of trying to rekindle their their potential, and they're participating in this like strange sort of ritual. And they notice Ricky there; he's like appearing a little bit placid and unaware. Um, it's like a very hippie Zen sort of space. Um, and then in the center of like this ballroom, I want I want them to be doing some weird ritual with like I don't know some like weird like classical Hollywood shit, like a little statue of Judy Garland or something in the middle of there, like like gaining some like actor power from just some some like weird seventies yeah. crap, and like actors like take turns in like stepping forward and touching the statue and being blessed by it. But at, at that, they appear to just drop dead on the spot. They appear to just die when they touch this Ooh. thing and they get like carted off their their bodies. And it's obviously like some some kind of like hocus pocus bullshit, but. I want Ryan Gosling's character to be absolutely terrified by this and believe it completely that this Judy Garland statue is like capable of killing someone. Um, and you know, they, they, they go back and they're trying to work out like how they can get to Ricky. Cause this thing's like walled off. There's armed guards there and everything. 
Uh, like, so it's really sinister. Um, wait, and wait, Holly, wait, why are they having to rescue Ricky? What's they've been they've been hired to find? Oh, they've been hired to find Ricky, not work out. Oh, Ray. I'm sorry, Ray. I shouldn't give. I wanted to give them alliterative names. Oh, right. So I, th- I, like I thought show. Ray was um, dead. Was the dead man? No, he's he's got he's gone oh, missing. Oh, okay. All right. I thought Ray was the dead man in the opening shot. Oh no, that's just that some actor. That's like an actor past his prime who's left the commune. It's implied that he's left and he's like somehow died. Right, right. Afterwards, because you know those stories of people trying to leave Scientology and them like going out to get you. Mm-hmm. And like and that kind of that kind of thing. Like you once you leave, like we're gonna make your life hell. Oh right. So I, w- I want this aspect of just this this fictionalized version of this actor's program that like. Fucks oh with shit! You. Okay, damn it! I completely spoiled your. Your movie, your movie push. Sorry. Anyway, keep, no, well, keep it's going. All right. keep no, it's going. all right. It's, it's all right to be very clear. But Holly gets the idea. Why don't we go undercover? Mm-hmm. Why don't we dress up my dad and like you know make him think that he's an actor trying to get into yes. The and uh, and you know much to his uh, his protest, they you know style him. They uh, they they trying to give him like this personality, this like uh, plucky guy who's trying to get into the industry. But he needs an agent. And and they, they they even find him an agent uh, to to really pass. And I'm thinking this person's going to be played by like maybe Jessica Chastain or something. I think she'd oh, be real good with that. That kind would of be cast. fucking great. Like she she'd have a, she'd have a good rapport with those people, and she'd be like kind of skeptical, like what the fuck you're trying to be an actor just so you can get into a cult. Like she'd be real good at like looking down on them and just being like everything is stupid here. But also she'd get on with Holly. That so I think I like that kind of that angle. Um, so they, they they send him off and he manages to infiltrate this cult and he ends up like living in this commune just trying to pass as some actor and I think I'm going to carry on the tradition of Ryan Gosling like getting crushes on people who it wouldn't work with so he like gets a crush on some girl who's clearly like <laughs> deep into the ideology and is like clearly brainwashed but he's like no there's like I can change them you know you know the whole thing of just like visiting people who've like got very clear like I don't know. They're they're deep in some sort of bullshit ideology, whether it be like a racial thing or a religious thing, or just some sort of like that ma- that, that bars them from being regular humans. But because they're good looking, you're just like maybe they're good. In- <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, some people are good looking in that sense because you know, some people are, are like hot, but their beliefs would still still be like, oh, okay, you're just like you're a bit crazy. But some people are good looking in a way that you're just like, oh, they must be good and also rational because they're pretty. <laughs> So, like, I wanted to be going through this, like, getting a crush on some woman who's like, it's not going to happen. Um, but then Holly and uh, and Russell Crowe and Jessica Chastain, they start hearing of more actors who've been trying to leave the program and been maybe, like, poisoned or hunted down or or, or, or things like this, trying to, like, keep uh, keep it under wraps. And, um, and yeah, they, they end up trying to launch a... Oh yeah, no, Holly wants to launch a, a thing to like find her dad and get her out of there before something bad happens. So her and a bunch of her friends <laughs> try to pose as like young actresses trying to get into the industry uh, and get into this cult themselves. Yeah. And I'm thinking the leader of this cult, the guy who's like really like calling the shots, the guy who's like everyone's sort of worshipping, uh, we're talking like a Dane DeHaan sort of slightly, slightly slimy, but also like a little bit good looking in like a creepy way. Um, That's So I want here... I want him there the whole time. That's an interesting casting choice because I was immediately going like, oh, so you're talking like a Jeff Bridges type, but 
oh, Adenta, Adenta Han's better. Like you've got like a. And I want, I want one of the, I want use. like a slightly, slightly more sex appeal. Do you know what I mean? Like so, like, and that's what we're gonna have like when, when, when Holly's there, because like they're gonna be like what 15, 16 at this stage. Mm-hmm. So there's like he, he could be like a little bit creepy towards them. So like it immediately sets off alarm bells. So obviously Ryan Gosling's there. His daughter's in this place as well. He ends up speaking up, totally giving away his cover and gets taken into another room. And I want, I want like special guards in this place. I want like two twins or oh, it's more twins, <laughs> two guys who've like both got hooks for hands or something. <laughs> Just like some, some weird thing they share. Like, how did you, how did how, you get that like together? That's how really did you weird. both lose your hands? <laughs> but, I, but if they both have hooks on their hands, they could do like they could do like cool like partner tricks when fighting. They could like hook each other and like swing each other to kick people. I think that'd be great. Um, so he gets taken to an, into another room. They're gonna like maybe kill him or something. And then Russell Crowe turns up with Jessica Chastain, and they kind of raid the place, and a big fight breaks loose. And I want I want a big um, a, a big fight scene, a big like fist fight between Ryan Gosling and these guys. A rat near the Judy Garland statue, <laughs> and he's still convinced that it has magic powers. If you touch it, you die. So the whole point is that he's like desperately trying to avoid this thing and also be in a fist fight. Um, and the fight's going to end with him being knocked onto this and just clearly like just collapsing onto it and thinking he's dead for a second. Because that's something I want to carry from the first one: is Ryan Gosling thinks he can't die. <laughs> like there's a bit where he full on says like, "I think I, it's just impossible for me to die." <laughs> like, he's just he's just escaped death so many times. He's convinced he's immortal now. So he like collapses onto this Judy Garland statue and obviously nothing happens. People have just been faking it and like doing this kind of rebirth ritual sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, he just picks it up and like clocks these guys over the head with it. <laughs> uh, and then the fight's over and then they get back. And then they they manage to get, uh, what's his name? Ray. They manage to get Ray out of there. And they get him home. Uh, but they find their house like full of uh, full of guys, full of armed men. And the guy who is running for governor bloody richard jenkins frumpy old richard jenkins not jim broadbent um not jim broadbent definitely not jim broadbent <laughs> and they find out that the this cult is actually not a cult at all it's actually like a, an offshoot of uh, of like a mega church sort of thing that's been funding his campaign and it's um and it's been designed to you know any any people who who might like quell his his political popularity they try to rope into this cult and and even like in some cases even get rid of entirely like it's basically like this this like dumping ground for actors <laughs> who might who might like be able to use their popularity to speak out against him so they like chucking them into this into this cult instead okay. uh because because you know you're 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 running you're running for for governor in a, in California you got to you got to be like at least a little bit hip and that's difficult for him <laughs> I mean, like all the all the hip people, anyone who could have political say, who's also got a popular angle to him, they're a real threat. So, like, try to get them into this like sinister cult that you've you've set up and faked yourself. Um. So what I'm thinking is, then they could like, maybe try to like expose him, like expose like the artifice that is this cult and the people who've been like harmed by it at this fundraiser that uh that, that richard jenkins is trying to run and they could like turn up and the whole point is to get get ray on get ray on stage get him get him there so he can he can do his speech and tell them what happened to him and like how he was tricked and how like he's been uh roped into this thing and they're like holding people back um but then there could be a big fight scene that doesn't allow him to get on stage and he won't be able to get in stage and kind of like expose everything and then oh he comes on stage and he tells them everything and dane dehan 
fucking just gets out a gun and shoots him on stage. But it wasn't Ray, it was Ricky. What? And he's 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 learnt to, you know, stand up for his brother and just and 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 put the you know, disparity in, in success behind them and um and you know, we're gonna have just like Dane DeHaan start like opening fire on all the actors who are there, anyone who's been involved in, in his cult. And because of that, the the campaign that the whole thing was for starts, you know, just uh uh, starts disparaging this this sad event that cost people their lives, and uh, and kind of just gets away with it scot free, mm-hmm. just uh, and that and that's the deal. They 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 get away and there's like uh, no repercussions, and and things go on as as they'd been. But uh, but all the main characters are safe and they continue they continue keeping up with with Jessica Chastain <laughs> because she needs to be a new yep. character, and. Uh, and then, like, there's a hint of another case coming along, and then it's like leads into episode three, and that's the nice guys too. <laughs> okay, yeah, I quite like this. I have one very important question though. Yeah, you're gonna ruin me with plot, plot no, problems no, again. No, 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 no. I just want to ask, uh, how have you come up with ways in which Ryan Gosling can uh, uh, fuck up? Because I feel it. Can I fu- feel like it's can... very important hmm. to like come up with ways, like the. You feel like he's he's too competent. No, it's it's more like you haven't like described like a scene where like Ryan Gosling cocks up, and I feel like that's a very important component of the Nice Guys is Ryan Gosling doing something wrong, and doing right. hmm. and doing it in like the worst. Like, is there like an introductory scene where like we get the reintroductions to these characters? So you like you see Ryan Gosling doing something like the whole trying to trying to smash open a window but he cuts himself <laughs> you could definitely have something like that i feel like when he's becoming a when he's like becoming an actor a fake actor in like this agency or something like he gets like scouted by someone who can make him huge and make him loads of money but he accidentally like <laughs> just blows his cover and tells him that he's just some guy going like <laughs> trying to infiltrate a cult <laughs> and then just scares them off and like tricks himself out of millions of dollars. i would love that that like he he's going to like a bunch of auditions in order to fake it but he um and they they actually love him because he's ryan gosling but he's just like no 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 this is just this is just my thing no don't don't worry about it guy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> accidentally turns yeah accidentally down. turns down being the lead yeah that that, that works <laughs> that works so well i like that Right, have we got any ideas for next time? You bloody better. I, I have such a good idea, my boy. And what are you pitching uh, me for the next episode? Do, do you really? want to hear? Do you, are you hearing the glee in my voice here, Pete? Do you hearing this? It's not. It's not glee, is it? It's not. It's not the glee. No. The are you hearing the evil glee in my voice as I deliver this? Oh, it's gonna be difficult again. You're gonna have to. You're gonna make me like try to live up to Hollywood legends again. Nah, nah. Well, not <laughs> only in the only in the most tenuous sense of the word. Now nah, I'm gonna do something even worse. Um, Pete, I want you to make. Scooby Doo three. <laughs> <laughs> Same cars, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yep, 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 yep. Matthew Lit. All right, and that dog. I assume you want the dog. <laughs> oh. Wait, you mean <laughs> Scooby Doo? Oh, I'm gonna have to watch Scooby Doo again. Oh. No, 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 no. Worse, you have to watch Scooby Doo two. That one's better, isn't it? Once I don't know. Yeah, I really want to watch it, so I'm. We, they're all insufferable. <laughs> you know I don't like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it's 
Casper and Scooby Doo in like two weeks <laughs> in a row. Right. Well, we're getting a bit goofy next mm-hmm. week. So, uh, the movie I want you to remake is uh, a reasonably old movie at this stage, actually, from 1980. Ooh, okay. Um, but a bit of a a bit of a comedy tentpole. I'll give you more comedy. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't I don't want you to remake it or reboot it. This is a sequel. You know, it's set. In, it's going to be set in the modern day. Completely new cast. Completely new style. But it's still a mm-hmm. sequel. Uh, and that's why you know you're going to be making Airplane oh. Three. <laughs> oh, oh boy! This is going to be a stupid that's episode. The next so one. <laughs> and with that, that was sequels and reboots. I hope you enjoyed listening. I've been Peter Flynn. Brody. And we'll see uh, no, you. No, 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 in no, no, no. And what? we have to thank our very good friend, uh, uh, Jake Mansbridge. Did I get that yeah. right this time? You did oh, get thank- it right. Yeah, you you respect <laughs> enough. <laughs> to oh, get thank God. Right. I was like, I I'm very sorry, Jake. I got your name wrong last episode. Thank <laughs> you, Jake Mansbridge, for our cover for our sweet ass cover art. And yeah, and that's it from us. And we'll see you next right, time. Bye. Goodbye.